very long, but I do want to speak to you tonight from a scripture reading that our brother Robert brought to us from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Luke, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. And I have called this, <clears throat> and I've taken a wee bit of license in the doing of it, a Christmas message from across the miles. All of the Christmas cards in our family home, many years ago as a boy, they were delivered uh, by the postman or the postwoman. And they rode a bicycle along the route and they delivered them uh, every morning. And I remember as a boy, they always had tea in around our house, uh, in around 10, half 10 every morning. And those cards were all displayed. And I still remember those wonderful, maybe some of you had them in your home, those wonderful displays of cards that were put up on the, the lines from one place to another in the home. And great pride of place was given to them. In our family, there were three generations under the one roof. And the Harris family had spread far and near at home and abroad. So especially those Christmas cards that had the message on them from across the miles. They were given strategic importance. And when the card came in from across the miles, that card was placed very prominently and strategically in the home. And the little message or the letter that came with the card was read very intently. Whether it came from Canada or America or Australia, you never thought we spread that far, but we did, or even England, a wee bit closer to home, all of those messages, they were all treasured. Because in those days, way back in the day, in those days there was no WhatsApp, there was no Facebook, there was no social media. That was the only contact you probably had with those relatives until the next year or until the time that they came around. So everybody enjoyed the up-to-date news from across the miles. So this is one of those across the miles messages. And it was delivered the first Christmas, if we could put it like that, from across the eternal miles. And it was delivered by extra, extraterrestrial beings, if we could describe angels like this. And they came with a message from heaven to announce the birth of the newborn king that was born in Bethlehem. I take great significance that Luke gives great prominence to this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. The birth of Christ, as it was announced, was not announced in the royal courts of the world, but it was announced to shepherds. Shepherds, of course, do a great work, but in the days of the Lord Jesus Christ in his flesh, they were not of high social status. And they, they, were, it was, they were looked upon with suspicion by many people. But it was to these men that the angel appeared and brought this message from across the eternal miles that spanned all of time and history. And it was announced that the Lord Jesus was born. I am not sure what message you'll give the greatest prominence to this year. Whatever Christmas card you'll display on the mantelpiece Whichever message you'll cherish the most that was sent with those cards. But I know this message from eternity to our hearts tonight is the one that alone can change hearts and lives. Not just this Christmas, but every Christmas and for eternity which is to come. We love those messages at this time of the year. But this is the message because within this message is the gospel itself that changes souls and changes destinies 
forevermore. This is a very easily remembered sermon because it answers all of those simple questions. The what, the where, the who and the whom. So what was the message about? When was it? Where was it? Who was it? And to whom was it? We'll look at those ones very briefly tonight. So what was the message about? It was about newborn life. There is nothing, I believe, so exciting, so exhilarating as the news of new life that a child has been born. And we all love to hear at such and such a one, they've been blessed with a newborn child. And we all enjoy uh, that news. That's good news. That's the type of news that we want to hear. Well, the ages gone by, they had waited from the gate of the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, verse 15, for the promised seed of the woman. And now the angel was announcing his birth. All of the centuries of time had waited for this birth. Now it actually had come. All of those ancient prophecies, they were all wrapped up in this announcement in Genesis from Genesis 3.15, Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 9.6 and 7, all those lovely readings that we've heard tonight, they were all fulfilled in this promise. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. That's the what. What about the when? This day, the angel said, this day, the waiting had come to an end. God's timing is always perfect. Why just now? Why just today? Well, the answer is always the same. God's timing is always the best timing. And God's timing is always here and now. The present tense. You do not have next Christmas, men and women. You do not even have this Christmas. You only have here and now. This very present time. This very present hour. The Bible says... Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. These shepherds had, they had a, a momentous decision to make. Today we have to do something about this message. And it was now. And I want you to uh, confront that in your own heart and life tonight. If you've never responded to the gospel, Jesus says now. This is the time to respond. Not any time later, but now. Now is the time to repent and believe and receive the gospel. So we have the what? We have the when. But what about the where? Well, the place where the birth was, was in the city of David. It hardly merits being called a city because it was just a little sleepy village of Bethlehem. And it had prophetical significance. We, we could go back to Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. Of all who were born of the line of David, it's very interesting that only David and Christ were born in Bethlehem. The first in the line and the last in the line were born in this humble abode. And now, you imagine this angel. Was it Gabriel? Was it Gabriel who told Mary that she was going to be with child of the Holy Ghost? We don't know that for sure. But whoever this uh, highest angel was, he was given the honor of announcing to mankind the where, the where the child was going to be born. The biblical commentator J.B. Phillips 
I, I commend to you his books, most of them anyway, they're very good. And he wrote a, a fictional piece and it's called The Visited Planet. And I would commend it to mums and dads. You can get it online and read it to your children. And it's the story, it's, it's an imaginary story about angels. And Philip imagines a junior angel and he's been shown around all of the splendors of the universe. And uh, the senior angel takes him from one galaxy to the other galaxy, from one end to the other end of this vast creation that God has put together. And then the senior angel stopped and looked at a tiny, insignificant little sphere that was turning on its own axis. And to the both of them, it looked like a little dirty tennis ball that was floating in space. And the senior angel said to this junior angel, I want you to watch that one very particularly. And the junior angel said, well, what's special about it? And the senior angel solemnly replied, that's the visited planet. Visited, said the little one. You don't mean visited by the great prince. Indeed I do, he said. That ball has been visited by our prince of glory. And at that, both of them bowed their head. God the Son actually visited here. This is a visited planet. It was on this planet that the Lord Jesus Christ was born. It was on this planet that he lived. It was on this planet that he grew up. To visit this planet, he had to take unto himself flesh and blood. He had to become bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. And he humbled himself. The, the choir sang so beautifully that lovely carol by Charles Wesley. And I just admire so much the theology in that opening verse. It says, let heaven and earth combine angels and men agree to praise in songs divine the incarnate deity, our God, the one who put the galaxies in space, the one who created all things and upholds all things. It says, our God contracted to a span. Contracted to a span. Incomprehensibly made man. God contracted to a span. Conceived born of the womb of the Virgin Mary. We, we live in a planet, a very special planet, not only which God the Son visited, but on which God the Son died and was buried and rose again. The who? The angel left the shepherds in no doubt because all the titles of this one who came to visit was made known. The who? Well, he was born a saviour. Names tell us everything. If you know anything about my background, you'd know my names tell you something about my father to tell you something about my grandfather. And if I was asked you about your names, you would tell me the exact same. Oh, that's after my grandfather, my uncle, or, or such and such a one. Well, this name that was given to this little infant was Savior. He would be the deliverer. He would be the one who would save his people from their sins. He came to be an example. He came to do good. He came to do miracles. He came to preach great uh, profound truths. But he came primarily to be a saviour. A saviour of lost mankind. And I want to say to you very clearly this evening, there's no other saviour. 
He was born over 2,000 years ago. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's nobody else can save you but the Lord Jesus Christ. And before you die, if you want to meet him in heaven and in glory above, you've got to be saved and to trust in his redeeming love. He was born the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Christ the Lord. The word for Christ is just simply the transliteration for the word Messiah in the Old Testament. So every time you read Christ in the New Testament, it's Messiah from the Old Testament. And it sets him apart. He fulfilled all prophecy. He was greater than Moses, the lawgiver. He was greater than Solomon, the wisest of all men. He was greater than the prophets. He was the fulfillment of them all. The long-awaited Messiah had come. And he was Christ the Lord. All dominion, power, authority belong to him and belongs to him. And the proof of who he was is found in verse 12. This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe. The ye in our, our uh, AV is just simply the, the, the plural for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. This little body of this newborn king was wrapped around with cloths. In ancient times, when little ones were born, they wrapped the body because they believed that that would increase the, the bone formation of the body and, and would decrease any malformation within the body. And, and even up to maybe the 19th century, that was common practice right across the world. And so in the days of the Lord Jesus Christ, they took that little one and he was just born and they wrapped him and they wrapped his little body round and round in, in swaddling clothes. Luke was considering something here with great significance because at the end of his book, he tells us again how the Lord Jesus Christ was wrapped round and round with linen. Remember Joseph of Arimathea when he took his body down from the cross just as Mary and Joseph had wrapped that body in swaddling clothes at his birth. So Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they took that body down from the cross and they wrapped it in linen and they laid it in a borrowed tomb from the manger to the tomb from the cradle to the cross the Lord Jesus had to live and die in order that you and I might be saved the shadow of Calvary was across that cradle when we think of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ I want you to think with the words that the boys and girls sang tonight he came to be a saviour and to be a saviour he had to die. But then to whom? To whom was the message addressed? The address on the envelope was very clear. It was a very pointed message. The angel said, unto you. Unto you. Verse 12. A sermon without application is a lecture. It's not preaching. In all preaching there has to be application. And the shepherds left these were left in no doubt whatsoever who this message was for. It was for them, nobody else. It was for them. Said you, this message is for you. This is across the eternal miles. This message has been winged by the angels and has been given to you. In the gracious goodness and providence of God, I can say to you tonight gathered in this meeting house here on the Monidar Road and on along, this message is for you. The message that Jesus 
is the Savior and the Lord, the only way to heaven and to home. It's for you. I don't want you to say it's for some other boy or girl. It's for some other young person. It's for some other man or woman. It's just for you. For you tonight. God has sent it to you. He has spared you for another year. Kept you. Provided for you. And the message is for you. How did these men to whom the message was given respond? Well, they did respond because they went to Bethlehem. They saw the child lying in the manger. And when they came back from Bethlehem, they were totally changed men. Totally changed men. We read in verse 17, When they had seen it, they made known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Something happened that night. They were changed by the little baby. They were changed by the child Jesus. And they never were the same again. Those shepherds had a different conversation that night going home than whence they arrived. I pray that God will do a work of grace in all hearts tonight. Hearts young, hearts old. If you know not the Lord Jesus as your saviour, you'll not just sing about him. But you'll come and trust him. You'll come and cry unto him for mercy. God's looking for those who will seek him. And as we would come before him in prayer, here's a message, and I want to ask you in closing, what prominence are you going to give it in your life? Will you put it in the envelope for another year? Will you say it's for another occasion? Or tonight will you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? And if you do that, you'll be changed just like those shepherds. You'll, it'll completely transform your life. Something totally different will happen in your life. May God do the work of grace. May God change you from the inside to the outside. May God work in all of your hearts. Don't set the message aside. Don't say that message is for somebody else. It's for you.